This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Darren Sproul's gone! Why you would punt the ball to Darren Sproles in the middle of the field, I have no idea. It is episode number 237. You blow it! Of the BGN Radio Podcast, and we are recording once again from 94 WIP right here at uh, 400 Market. And uh, hey kids, guess what? Rookie Camp is just right around the corner. So Mm. we've been enjoying all the hubbub of the draft, the post-finale, and... I want to thank everybody for yelling at us for bringing Emery on and, <laughs> and saying, never do that again. Uh, yes, we uh, we definitely appreciate it. Look, Emery's still a nice guy. He's got uh, such bad QB takes uh, that uh, we will forgive him for because his noggin in the first hour, I want to remind everybody, was definitely spot on. So, like, can't have it both ways to say the entire podcast was a, was a waste. It doesn't know what he's talking about. If you agreed with his first hour, it's just, you know, he's, he's dead set on the on the when stuff. But um, uh, regardless of that, we're still going to have a lot of fun uh, tonight. We're going to get to all your questions. And hey, guess what, Teron? We are officially verified on the Twitter.com. BGN Radio is now, now, uh, how would you phrase it? BCB. <laughs> Blue check mark, bitch. Woo-hoo! <laughs> there it is. So uh, so that finally happened. What's uh, It's going to be a little bit different tonight because James Seltzer is uh, masked in doing a lot of uh, Philly's uh, Philly stuff so he's gonna join us in just a little bit as well but uh, uh, we're just uh, we're gonna rock it out here for a little bit here Toronto and I'm Let's very excited it. for it uh, first and foremost of course if you are out there listening to us on uh, SoundCloud stitcher iTunes tune in Google Play please uh, rate subscribe and review because the five star reviews do Definitely go a long way. And, of course, if you want a little extra bonus content, as we're going to get uh, very heavy in the offseason with the Patreon uh, bonus content with pictures and videos and all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff. Eagle After Dark is going to record again next week, and we're going to go behind the scenes of what we saw at the draft and all the little funny stories of, of things, and plus take all your questions uh, there as well. So 
some interesting things happened today, and, uh, and people uh, people are definitely reacting to it in, hmm. in one way or the other. So, and, and again, it's conflicting reports coming in from everywhere. So Jeff McClain comes in, and he says, from two NFL sources, Brandon Graham is going to hold out. Because, you know, if you, and, and the, my first reaction to that was, well, of course he's going to. Look what they're paying Bennett Curry. Look what they brought in yeah. through this in, entire draft and free agency class. And he's the one that's been the most consistent pass rusher, whether it's been in a 3-4 or 4-3. Put up with a lot of different crap. Played the good soldier for a very long time. Bit his tongue right up until Chip left and let, let a little bit out, which is bound to happen. He wasn't the only one that was going through there. And then, uh, of course, uh, Jason Lockett four, Les Bowen, Tickman, and it's all say, pulled you to hold off on that. And you uh-huh. even saw, I think I even saw Brandon Graham retweet Jason Lockett four saying like, there is no evidence suggesting that he's going to hold out and and do this stuff. So regardless of all that, that's all the information. But we're going to have a fun with with some of the hypotheticals here. Would you say that Brandon Graham has every right, just as much as the Eagles probably have every right to go? Uh, we're not going to pay you, and Brandon would be like, well, you're going to have to. I think I, I I see it from both sides. Yeah, first and foremost, any conversation or debate that has Les Bowen and Jeff McClain on the opposite side of Where, it. Where's you know. Asante Sammy when you need him? <laughs> I love that, you know. But yeah, I I think BG has every right to ask for more money. Now I I don't know about holding out. I I think that would not be a good thing for him to do because now here he is finally in a scheme that takes advantage of his ability. Talked about that a lot around this time with him last year, just about being able to just, you know, pin his ears back, rush the pass, and not have to worry about reading and reacting, figuring out if he has to drop back into coverage and, and all those kind of things. And then, like you mentioned, when it comes to playing against the run, he sets that edge so well. So I think he has a right to ask for more money. Holding out is not the wise thing to do because he needs to continue to put film you know, put that type of play that he's put on film this past season, and he's now being recognized. You know, we were talking about a second-team All-Pro. Yeah, he had, what, five-and-a-half sacks, mm-hmm. and obviously you would like to see that number go up, but now you got some corners that could compete on the outside, you know, and be a little more physical at the line, and that could give him that extra time. That five-and-a-half sacks could go up to ten. And if that's the case, now you really have – you know, a lot of bargaining power when it comes to going to the renegotiating table. Yeah, and it's just, I, I was more, I, I wasn't really surprised with, you know, everybody going, it's it's really not going to happen or, or whatever. I was more surprised by the reaction to the initial mm. Jeff McClain report where I just got to remind everybody, about a month and a half ago, when the Eagles and the Saints rumors were going wild for Brandon Cooks, there was a lot of discussion, which eventually turned into, well, if they're looking for a bigger piece, that probably means Brandon Graham. And everybody stood up and goes, no, no. Can't do you it. You cannot. That is ridiculous. He's one of the best pass rushers on the team. There's no way we're doing that right now. And I, I, you know, going back, and so how can you have that reaction? And then at the same time, the other reaction was, well, what a big baby. Uh, he signed the contract, did he not, a couple of years ago? 2015, I think it was that close to that, and he only really had two suitors. And look, I mean, it was a different, first of all, different GM, different defense, and no no idea that they were going to pay Vinnie Curry $23 million guaranteed. So he took what the market gave him as a 3-4 guy, probably didn't want to leave Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yes, he signed the contract. It doesn't. It, it amazes me how many people just go, well, ownership is right here. 
when they can immediately cut this guy the cut next thing behind. and not pay, not pay you the, the guaranteed money uh, that's still left on your contract. Man, yep. I'm always for players wanting to go out and get yeah, more. I'll make right. funny if, you, if you're like, come on, man. But the other thing that astounded me about just everything in this conversation is you get paid for sex. And yes, I would say that is true. But don't act like hurries and putting a quarterback exactly. off the spot doesn't do anything and pressures don't do anything. People will take that. Uh, you know, they want the sack. Everybody wants the sack. But if you can move the quarterback off the spot, make him throw into an area, go high, go low. Like, if you make him inaccurate, that's really the job of the pass look, rusher. Look at the Vikings game. He forced the interception by Sam Bradford, you know, in, in the red zone. And me personally, I'd much rather have a turnover than a sack. I mean, that's just me. I, I, I think a turnover gets your offense on the field immediately. Sack, yeah, that, that will add towards a turnover on downs or a punt or anything like that. But at the same time, it, it's unfortunate that we're caught in this era of fantasy football, you know, and stats are, are the things that a lot of us, not us, but a lot of people go by when it comes to ranking these players and and you know, giving a grade on them and things like that. But at the end of the day, he does a lot of things that don't go marked in the in the box score. But when you watch the games, you say, oh, yeah, dang, there he was again. I think that Dallas game was a good example. Absolutely. Uh, you know, all the pressures that he had. And I, look, BG, in my book, is that he's their best defensive lineman. And what ends up happening is a lot of people get caught up in the moment. You know, they become yes. prisoners of the moment. Yeah. And the two examples you gave were perfect uh, instances of that happening where, okay, you can't trade him because he's so good he's the best pass rusher. He asked for more, more money and supposedly asked for more money and they have the holdout. And now all of a sudden he has no right to do that, but he's the best pass rusher on the team <laughs> yes. and not getting paid accordingly. Yeah. So it is, it's interesting how the, the thing kind of – the the wave kind of goes, but rises and it. crashes yeah. and things like that. And honestly, I think that's why it's the same thing with you know. I don't I don't care what PFF does. They they have their own. It, they have the same opinion as mm. as anybody else that's covering this sport, and they try and push that analytic thing. But it's the same way with that too, and especially with Brandon Graham. Like there were so many different things, so many different articles, and people just praising Brandon Graham for yeah. so long. Like oh yeah, look at I mean God, oh well, God Almighty, he was the what was the number four, ranked number the fifth best in the league as far as getting pressure yeah. amongst all of them. And you look at his contract, and wow, wow, that's an incredible value. <laughs> as soon as this comes along, it kind of it completely changes. And joining us right now after probably a uh, a tirelessly well done job over at the Phillies podcast, uh, as he is uh, our, our good friend John Stolnes, I believe was on. Uh, tonight as well we welcome in the man and uh the pro the, well the uh, now i don't i don't know it's a tie between you and Tehran here james i don't know who the prettiest man in the building is anymore but, <laughs> but, but we still love you anyway james what's going on buddy <laughs> what's up man uh, i think it's clearly Tehran, though i though i will take offense to to tuning in and the first thing i hear is Tehran bashing fantasy football <laughs> oh yeah that's right it, it's that's close right. to home Tehran. yeah <laughs> Everyone check out the This Week in Fantasy football podcast that I coming, do on uh, the BGN radio feed. Um, no, it's good to hear your guys' voices. Uh, I will take the second prettiest man and uh, be very happy about it. <laughs> I'm still trying to climb up, climb up the ladder from ninth, so uh, you know, I, got, I, got a, I got a long way to go. And the bad thing is we have, have eight guys in the building. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's exactly right. So, uh, James, as you're joining the conversation now, you can pretty much uh, you know tell what's going on here. But I was just making the point of how hilarious it is, despite if the, the reports are, are true or not. A month and a half ago, we valued Brandon Graham as a fan base so much that you wouldn't, you know, it's like you wouldn't even consider putting it in a trade package for Brandon Cooks. And now that there's a momentary, like, oh my God, the Eagles made such a, and, and you and I both agree on this, James, that they made such a terrible decision in the offseason by, sign, by you know, Curry signing and Ertz's contract and all that. Well, now suddenly the guy that actually deserves the money, oh, how dare he? And that was such a weird reaction for me, buddy. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I, I think, uh, I think the fact that the, where the Eagles are at the cap, I think the mistakes made, I think people are gun shy after Vinny Curry. And obviously I think it's a very different circumstance in the right. fact that we've seen Brandon Graham produce at a high level in the NFL, which, you know, other than, you know, in, in a limited basis, pass rushing is all we've seen from Vinny Curry. Um, and clearly I think that uh, we can all agree that he was paid too much money um, no matter where the production goes from here. Um, but yeah, I look, I think I think with the Graham thing, I think I have no I have no problem with him asking for money. I never have a problem with any NFL player mm-hmm. asking for money they deserve or ask, asking for more money or to be paid what what their like, you know, market value is because it, they have such short careers, they have such a, a short lifetime limited earning potential. Like the the most amount of money they can make in their life, they can only make for a very short period of time. So um, I'll never begrudge any of those guys uh, asking for more money, especially somebody who plays as hard and puts it all out there as, yeah. as BG does. Um, but, you know, I do think that, you know, it is it – is, it has to be more of a discussion than it should have been before because of the, the cap situation they put themselves in, because of contracts that, you know, obviously I think you'd rather sign Brandon Graham longer term than what they gave Ertz comparatively or obviously what they gave Vinny or whatever. But um, I, I do think you have to have a conversation about it because um, if you do extend him, you know, he's going to be starting the contract at what, the age of 30. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's an effort guy, but he's not, and, and he's a really good player, but, um, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to want. I, I think based on his sack numbers, and I know that's a silly kind of, you know, way of judging things, but I think it does play into the, the contracts, at least on a somewhat, you know, of a level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at his age, I just don't know if he's going to get what he wants or if the Eagles should pay him technically what he wants considering their cap situation. So it's a really, it's a tough spot, man. But I, I certainly don't begrudge BG. I, he's a great dude. He's given us uh, awesome effort and, 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 you know, just being out there and talking after every game. I'm sure Tehran can, you know, vouch for that. Like BG's always there always. when someone needs, you know, to, to take the heat or whatever. So um, I don't begrudge a guy at all. Uh, but, you know, I think it's an interesting situation for the Eagles. Uh, if he really is, if this is true and he's really out there, saying I want my money, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, I, I'm telling you, uh, BG, and if, if if this gets to you, man, take heed to this, man. You're going to stop calling me Lil Dude, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he calls me Lil all dude. the time, Lil Dude. Surprise, but, I'm surprised Elliot doesn't get that part. <laughs> oh, yeah, that he, makes a lot more sense. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy, though. Yeah, he's, like, he's awesome. He's like one of those guys who I worked for the Eagles for three years, and I was in the locker room a lot, and like, Every time that dude sees me around the radio station or whatever, he comes up to me. He's like, man, you know, you're doing it. Good for you. You know, because I was in like, you know, a kind of a not a not a 
big position at the Eagles. I was kind of a lackey or whatever in theory. So he's a really good, good dude. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's one of those guys. That it's 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 the vibe, you know. And he has a bright smile. And he's one of those. If he smiles at you, you can't help but smile yes. back at him. I talking about the contracts though. I, I want to put this question to you guys because I know at this time last year, you know, everybody was like, "Hey, no matter what." Fletcher Cox has to be here. Yep. And it, do you guys feel that that contract, the $100 million contract, now obviously he's not going to see all that, but do you feel that that contract is putting a limit on what they could do along this defensive line? I think it does a little bit. And you, you kind of knew that going in as a disruptor, mm-hmm. and that was that was the th- – I mean, that's what led us to the endless Benny Logan of just like, well, you can't pay these guys that, that yep. type of money that's going, going on there. Uh, it's kind of funny. Because I know James was, was kind of the same way. And, Teron, you may not know this or not, but I was ready to ship Fletcher Cox for Mariota in a heartbeat. I didn't care. I was like, really? you, you give me a quarterback. It's the most important thing anyway. Let's mm-hmm. let's rock and mm-hmm. roll. And then once they did, then it's just like, well, then it is very important to keep this guy on here. I mean, like he is – and maybe we – you know, it is definitely possible that I, we we hyped that up like way too much as, as far as what was going to happen and be in there. But I still think as it goes on, I think that contract's going to be okay still. As you know, the years kind of tack on, and uh, hopefully, and I don't know this, James. Either way, I, I don't know if Fletcher Cox is going to be that dominant thing that we're all kind of hoping for. That Jerome Brown esque thing that happened in the last off season, where he had you know Rex Ryan. Obviously, he's out of the league, so I don't know how much of opinion you <laughs> lay down on it here, mm-hmm. but. Laughed that laughed that comparison off until you know he made incognito eat his lunch and do all that stuff. So. I don't know, James. Like I, I still think it's worth it, and I still think it's worth it now. But yeah, this could affect, could affect things like that. But it really, it's only just another year or two of Brandon Graham. I think we're talking about here. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent on that last point. The the Cox point, I was never quite at. Like I thought they should sign him. I, I was never as as adamant about it as you were. Um, I think there was a little more wiggle room with me and. Um, I, I look after one year, I'm not going to judge the contract. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a terrific football player. He's still in his prime. Uh, you know, if you get three great years out of him, it, it, the contract's worth it. Um, but I, I, it's just, I, do, I do think it hamstrings you a little bit. I think Toronto has a good point there with it hamstring you, especially along the line. But I, I also think that they're trying to build some youth into there and try and not, I think that kind of leads where to Graham is is not going to be here, uh, you know. It, and let look, you never know if someone can't go out on the market. And I think that's kind of the interesting part with this is is I think this off season we saw a potential like important shift in in the way contracts are done and the way these types of you know I, I don't think everything is going to go to a one year contract structure, but I think we might see less of these monster deals for guys like defensive tackles where you can get a Benny Logan for a year to prove it. And then he goes, signs a deal somewhere, you know, for, for a few more years, but you can kind of stop gap and, and mm-hmm. find similar values for shorter term commitments, which I think, especially in a sport like football, uh, you know, where th- there's so much, um, change from year to year for most players, whether it's cause of injury or wear and tear or whatever it is. Um, that I think that this could be a model that could catch on. Um, so oh, yeah. I, 
I, I think that's going to be kind of an interesting over. So, I mean, like my point being that, like, I, I think Brandon Graham probably not going to get what he wants from the Eagles, especially based on where they are right now. But he might go test the market and find out that it's not out there and that he might want to come back here for a one year deal with a one year player option or whatever. You know, what I mean, like um, so I, I think uh, I think it's hard to predict it. I think it's kind of a shift that could be happening. That's interesting. But um, regardless, I'm with you, John. I think that the safe money is on him being somewhere else in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I think it probably is going to go that way. And obviously the selection of a guy who's very similar to him in uh, Derek Barnett oh, yeah. will, will reinforce that point. Um, it's funny you mentioned the the Renner tackle type of situation because that's basically what the Eagles did at a more uh, reasonable level with Timmy Jernigan. So, yep. And that's just really it, – it's, it's just becoming so much more hedging your risk and not – signing these guys from a different team to these huge deals. So that's a, that's an excellent point there. I want to see what direction they go, you know, and, and Marcus Smith is another one. He may not be here. Oh, yeah, uh, I, don't, I think he's I, gone. He's yeah, gone. yeah. I, that's, that's another one. So it's going to be interesting along that defensive line. You got Steven Means also. But you talk about these defensive linemen like getting younger. Yeah. Charles Walker is a guy I think. You know, we definitely need to get into at some point. Absolutely. He's a, he's I like a really Elijah good player. Qualls, too. Oh, yeah, Qualls, oh, yeah. Qualls as well. You know, definitely Qualls. I like him a lot. You know, he's he comes from Washington, so <laughs> I, I'm naturally going to like him. Yeah, and and we definitely want to get into that, too. And I, I think it's it's amazing as this rookie camp is, is coming out. And you're, we're going to see both of those guys mm. come in. Oddly enough, there's, you know, what are shorts and shells. It's, it's, we're not going to see a, a yeah. ton here, but... Maybe we'll see something out there that'll be like, oh, okay, I can I can definitely see where that's working. James, I think it's interesting, though, that in a time where last year with this defensive line, and we pumped up, at least I especially did, how special it could be, how special that front seven really looks. We weren't really sure about what Nigel Bradham was going to bring to the table. In fact, I was just like, yeah, right, okay, sure, this is just going to be another replacement until they kind of get into this thing. But man, oh man, was I dead wrong about that. And, you know, Jordan Hicks looks to be, like, again, the very anti-Casey Matthews. This is the last time that we saw the wide nine come in here and is that middle linebacker and stop trying to move him from doing such. But now, like, you went from you went from something that had no depth last year to now something that has incredible depth if all of these guys end up sticking around. We'll get into Charles Walker, but stick with, with Qualls there for a little bit. Even Ray Dinger's getting excited about this guy. Like It's it, it's kind of impressive, even if Bo Allen is here or not. There is a there is a now a huge rotation across the line. I think this is, as we were discussing Fletcher Cox, as we were discussing all these different things, all these guys are going to look pretty fresh coming into the season here, James. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I, I definitely remember a preseason podcast last year where you did one of the, like, ah! Yeah. About, like, this defense is going to go out and eat. I want blood! Yes. Like, something like that. That was that was amazing. Um, but, yeah, it was disappointing, man. Um, but, look, I think it's kind of interesting you're bringing up a point, and I, I think we've kind of talked about ad nauseum on the other side of the line, too, in the sense that, you know, they came in and they're like, we're going to build through the trenches. We're going to build through the trenches. We're going to build through the trenches. And doggone it, they're building through they the trenches. Did. Yeah, which yeah, is, they did. You know, to um, it. Yeah, it's ex- exciting to see. And I think um, I, I 
I think they're going about it the right way, like we talked about, with trying to some, infuse some youth. And I think they're taking the right type of shots on guys, like like Walker, which we'll get into. I'm sure Toronto has a good take on Walker. But, um, you know, Qualls, another guy, like you, like you said, John, Ray Dittinger was on the Midday Show and said he's like – Qualls was their only pick where I was just looking at my board and wondering why that guy hadn't been picked for a round and a half. Like he was like, that was the only guy that the Eagles took where he was like on the board for me forever prior to them taking him. Um, and, and you know, like I think, uh, he's got light feet. I, I like him in there. And I just think, I think it's exciting cause it's kind of like a low key excitement that, that isn't like you said, John, where we're talking about going and eating and blood and all that. But like, like Timmy Jernigan's a baller, man. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I think this line could be pretty damn good, especially if Barnett, like, you know, if we think he's got a pretty, at least somewhat high floor as a rookie in terms of at least adding something. Um, I mean, if you can, you know, God forbid, get something out of Vinnie Curry. I, you know, I think this line could be a lot better than people think. And, and uh, same thing with the offensive line. So um, the depth, I think, is key. And see, when you look at Elijah Qualls, too, uh, the thing that really comes to mind for me is his strength. And when you're playing in the trenches, and especially on the interior part of the trench, things get up on you a lot quicker, right? And he, this guy, 33 reps on the bench. You know, when I talk about Christian McCaffrey and what he did on the bench and how it doesn't apply, in this case, oh, it matters. Grown man strength <laughs> yeah. matters because you got that that you know push pull throw or push pull arm over, and that takes strength to be able to to hog tie a, a 300 pound man and, and throw him out of your way, and that's what Elijah Claus could do. So that's something that definitely stands out. I think with him, it's a very high upside part of it, too, because there's a guy that at Washington, they just say, look, Elijah, you you and um, V, I can never pronounce his name, but he's a Samoan guy, um, v, Vidi or Vial, you guys are going to sit here and you're going to occupy all the gaps on the line. Buda Baker and our linebackers are going to come up and, yeah. and clean up free shots at the running back. Now, no two gapping again. He's able to go ahead and get upfield, and he was so excited about being able to do that. So I want to see how that works with it. But at the same time, you have to blend patience with it. You can't run yourself right out of a play and be too aggressive and have them, you know, run that dive right by you. So I want to see how that whole thing balances out. I think early on in his career, he's going to – not even in his career, this year, I think early on he's going to be a little too aggressive and too happy to be able to get upfield and you'll see maybe some misdirection plays or some plays going by him. But as he begins to settle in and get that feel for how things work, he'll be fine. So I think that's a really good pick. Timmy Jernigan, that yeah, guy, is the, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's for real. And the thing that I like about him is he has even more motivation because there's a team that gave up on him. And he was once – one of, he and Brandon Williams, that was their interior defensive line. You had Lawrence Guy rotating in and some of the Chris Canny and some of the other guys. But I remember when I was in Baltimore, Timmy Jernigan was that dude for them. Brandon uh, – not Brandon, Brandon Williams came along and, and, you know, he developed into the guy that he is. But it, it's there's a lot to be excited about just on the interior side of it because we didn't even talk about Destiny Vial. No. And what he could do, yeah, you know. So and, and then Bo Allen, like you mentioned, when he comes back, there's a there's so much depth. That's five: Walker, Qualls, Fletcher Jernigan, Cox, yeah, Jernigan, Cox, yeah. V out. Man, they are deep. 
They're and that's now. five guys that I would be willing to put out there on the field and let them play. If you guys remember during the preseason last year, Destiny Vial and, and Aziz too were they were oh, eating, rest in man. peace. By the way, I'm sorry that happened to your boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you know. yeah, that happened this week. He's no longer with cue, the team. Cue but. up the "It's So Hard to Say Goodbye" to yesterday <laughs> music, man. <laughs> done, done and done. How do I say goodbye to what we had? Uh, right there, but yeah. So, and and as you mentioned that, it is it is quite interesting that Charles Walker. You would figure. All right, let's take at least a seventh rounder on this guy and go, or be mm, one of the first mm-hmm. UDFAs that come off off the board just based on that. Guy from Oklahoma, and you know, I, it, I was telling Teron before we came on, it, it baffles me that a guy like Joe Mixon goes in the second round, and a guy like Charles Walker, who was it made the made the best probably business decision for his NFL career, and said, you know what, I, I've had three concussions so far in my college career. I've been banged up a lot. I'm going to play in the interior line for the rest of my life, and that's going to continue to happen. I'm going to go ahead and sit out mm, three-fourths of my senior year here. I'm going to get ready for the NFL draft, and I'm going to be ready to rock and roll here. And then just is like the latest signing for the Eagles. Now, you know, the old old fire hose, all due respect to Mel Kuyper, you know, had him as a, as a first-round selection, which is... Which is great, and look, I see the upside of that happening. Mm. I could be wrong. I, I, I'm more or less uh, like a guy you should probably take in the third or fourth round or somebody that, that's right there, uh, a depth guy that could potentially be a really great starter. But why do you think it is that it took so long for him to sign the dotted line here? Well, you know the other thing that happened is he was diagnosed with depression. And, oh, okay. And that's, that's something, that's something that, yeah, he was diagnosed with that, and – yeah, it, it was something. I think after his third concussion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. And then it's interesting because he went out and he called teams himself, you know, to to reach out to them and tell them that he was he was fine and how he was actually rejuvenated now that he he has that whole issue under control. And it's just I think a guy with concussions like that, uh, it's it's a little more difficult to, especially with the sensitive. Um, viewpoint of concussions and and how teams are handling it and how the league itself is handling. It. I think that may have a little something to do with it. Sure, but then also you know the thing that I love about him, and, and, and I mean me having daughters, you know I could relate to what he's saying. And it wasn't only a business decision; it was a family decision. You know, and he he decided because he I think his daughter's two or three years old, but he said, hey, "Listen, you know I have to take advantage of this opportunity." for her and make sure that, you know, I do some things to secure the future for her. And at the end of the day, we could measure ourselves on the good things that we do each other. But me personally, I, I, I think that ultimately the way you're measured is what you leave behind for those that you've brought into the world. So I commend him for that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to talk to him about that oh, on, yeah. on Friday because I think that's something that, that, you know, a lot of people aren't talking about and, some can't really appreciate, which is fine, but I think it's an awesome thing for him. As far as his play on the field, he's disruptive. Very you know? disruptive. And, and, it, and it's again, it's kind of like that. Because I look at 
I look at Jernigan's and I go, okay, that's a guy that definitely has pass rushing ability and and also mm-hmm. can be a run stuffer. Uh, I think Qualtz is kind of in between there. I kind of look at him as more of a run stuffer than anything yeah, else. Yeah, much more. And uh, I, I look at Walker kind of the same way. I like he is he is great at getting to the running back and and assessing a play and doing the in just the limited film that I've saw. But that's the his tackles strength there. for a loss. Yes, exactly. That's that's the key. Making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Those are the type of things that lead into opportunities for your Brandon Graham, your Derek Barnett's to pin their ears back in a, a third and 12 type of situation and just go after the quarterback and force him to, to make that errant throw so J- uh, Jalen Mills could pick it off or Rasul <laughs> Douglas. You <laughs> know what is, I mean? Yeah. That's how it happens. So it's it's interesting the way how everything just kind of like falls together like tumblers to a lock. You know, you got your guy up front that could get that instant penetration the same way Benny Logan did. You know, that was one of Logan's things. That's what made him so good against the run because he could get that penetration and be there to take the handoff with the running back and take him down for a four-yard loss. That's, in essence, the same thing as a sack. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't hold the same weight as a sack statistically, but – Hmm, interesting it, again how we're getting in hey. conversation when it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But hey. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean stats. I, I I love stats, but you know the great Booger McFarland. Since we're on the topic of defensive tackles, yes. he said it best. They're like bikinis; they show a lot, but they don't show everything. That's right. I think at this point, you know, James, I, I'm, it's already pretty much we have to get. Uh, has that dog in him with a little bow tie. I think I mentioned that to Tehran on a T-shirt at some point, right? So we just got to put, 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 put out a Tehran-ism book at, at some point uh, with uh, all the credit of, of where that goes in. And, and James, not to like kind of spin off, because I know we agree on this a lot of the time, but you hear this story about Charles Walker, and I just, I, again, it infuriates me that the NCAA just is like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. You know, and, and it drives me nuts. Like, why, why, why isn't, why can't football players be goddamn football players? Because they know that they're going to end up here. That's why they're at school. You know, that's why, and they can always go back and get the degree. Which, by the way, the the most notorious one, I think, Cardell Jones tweeted up yeah. and graduated today. But he was there for football, and it's it's what I'm saying. Like a guy like Charles Walker has a dog. It's a great story that he made the right decisions. I commend him for that. A lot of people look at this thing and go like, oh, whatever. You're not, you know, just, you should have. Stuck with it and 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 played for an Oklahoma team that absolutely blew balls and was never going to be any any type of national championship. Bob Stoops, freaking terrible forever. I'm so mad at him because he never went to you. <laughs> all that stuff. But it's crazy to me how many how many different Charles Walkers there are in this in this league here, James. Yeah, I'm still reeling from you calling Mel Kuyper the old fire hose. <laughs> I never heard that. Again. That was that was uh, a under the radar. That was a good one. Yeah. Golden moment yeah. right there. <laughs> that was strong. Um, no, John, you know, you and I have very very similar takes on this. I mean, I'm all for these guys getting paid in some way or another, especially going back to what I was saying before about the fact of how short their prime earning potential oh, yeah. is in their lifetimes. And look, uh, you know, I think that if, you know, and now if you are playing football, you know the risk that you are taking or should know the risk that you are taking. Um, so if you want to take that risk, I think you deserve to get paid for it. Uh, and and you're going to pay the price later in life, as we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Walker thing, you know, Oh, the concussions are no joke, as we all know. And and he's had three and had depression after the last one. So I'm not as – I mean, like, I, I think I'm happy that he sat out and I'm happy that he's trying yeah. to make uh, some money for his family and all that. And I think that was a really smart, 
smart decision. There's no reason for him to risk another concussion or something or something worse in another college game that's silly and stupid and pointless. And John, we agree. The bowl games, poor Jake Butt, like, you know, despite the hilarious last name, like that dude got screwed. Um butt butt screwed, something like that. Um so uh but you know what I mean? Like I think it's silly. Like it's it's it like this again, going back to the fact they have so little time to earn the most money they can in their entire lifetimes and they're taking a beating for it. Like there's no reason to put that at risk for something stupid yeah. like like uh, uh, and college is not stupid. Don't get me wrong. I have two degrees. I have a, you know, I've gone to a lot of school. Uh, I'm all for it. But like, like you said, John, these kids are not there to learn. And look, like there are ones who are not going to play in the NFL who are there to learn. And they're there to, you know, get, go to get play football because they can, but also get a degree and yes. use that, use their advantage. And that's an awesome thing. But like, there are also guys who are there with the express you know, purpose. And that is it of playing sports. And like we, it's a joke. It's like a farce. It's a, it's a bullshit fucking thing to like, just say like that they are not there like to do that. So it's, I feel like it's just, it's just a big joke. Like with their needs, there needs to be something better. And there needs to be a better solution. And the thing that's interesting to me is if you look like, let's say you have, you know, someone going to Howard University, their department of music. Shout out to my daughter who just oh, got yes. accepted Oh, yes, congratulations there. to her. I yeah. saw that. Hey. Thank you. Yeah. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> but let's just say you're, you're going there and you're a junior there and, and Puffy Combs comes and says, hey, look, I want you to, to work for Bad Boy. Bye. Right. <laughs> and no one's going to bat an eye. No, so it's like, once. you know, yes. it's, it's the same type of situation. So no, people weird. are going to be like, yay, congratulations. Yeah, yeah you, you did You did the right, right thing. Yeah, like my parents would have killed so me if they're like, hey, uh, uh, P. Diddy offered me a job at Bad Boy, but I turned it down because the degree is more important. They, the freaking, like, are you nuts? Exactly. You called him back right this second yeah. and pick up that phone <laughs> and go to town there. And we want to get into your questions, which we will do in just a second. But hey. Uh, I think it's time to get excited a little bit. I mean, I know it's look. This is this is where the process starts. Where all of May is going to be like, ooh, this looks really intriguing, and I can't wait to see it in pads in another two months. Mm-hmm. Which is which. So we're we're rounding out just the the last bit of the off season. Uh, but like Teron said, uh, him and I will be down there on Friday, and then of course BLG and I think all of us are going to be down there for OTA. So we'll try and. Uh, you know, grab as grab as many guys as we can, and maybe we can have a couple little mini pods uh, out of that. James, I want to know most excited to hear about and or see in in rookie camp for you from the entire game of draft class, UDFAs, whoever it is. What are you most intrigued by? Uh, I mean, uh, Sidney Jones's Twitter account is making a strong <laughs> run. So yes, far. it is. He's made am, some fantastic tweets today. I'm enjoying this young fella. Um, another uh, Washington guy. Um, I am, I am enjoying him. He is, uh, he is good at Twitter and he seems likable. Um, so obviously, sadly, he would have been my clear answer if you were going to be out on the field. Um, you know, I think honestly, John, like I, there's no one who, like Barnett, like, you know, it's exciting. It's a first round pick, but we've talked a lot about how, at least in that sense, I think probably the, the guy you're most excited to see out there. And I think it's just the most fun for this type of thing, which is, you know, it's a rookie minicamp. I think it's definitely going to be Pumphrey, just seeing yeah. the little guy out there and uh, Eagles gear, just kind of darting around and doing his thing. I think that'll be, um, that'll be neat, especially just for like, I don't want to say the novelty of it because that feels so demeaning. I mean, um, 
But you know, I mean, the fact that like that you don't see football players that size, like he's really tiny, you know, like, like we talked about, like, you know, him being like Sproles, but like Sproles is a, Sproles is a sturdy little dude. You know I mean? Like he's like muscly and, and, and thick, like Pumphrey's not in that way. Like, not that, you know, he's not muscle, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a much slighter than Sproles. So, um, I, I think he's probably the thing I'm the guy I'm thing the guy I'm most excited <laughs> to see. Yeah, and Corey Clement, I'm excited to see the hometown kid guy there too, and I kind of like him a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I've, I've got a, I've got an interesting Pumphrey, I guess. Yeah, I got an interesting theory about him, but I know I know Teron's pumped up about Pumphrey as well. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it's been a long time coming, and I, I couldn't stop smiling when they picked him. So I can't wait to see him. Um, and it's not so much the whole size thing for me it's it's the quickness i mean you joke about sydney jones twitter if you go on pumphrey's twitter maybe a month ago he he posted well probably about three weeks ago he posted a tweet where you know he and and some of his friends were walking in the street and his friend asked him to put a move on him and he put a move on him and his friend literally fell (laughs) (laughs) so you just you know the the feet and that's what what joe douglas talked about you know the fast feet the lightning feet and just the the quickness that he has the agility i can't wait to see that you know and i guarantee you somebody's gonna fall you even just trying to put a hand on him that's all you're you're doing right now so that's gonna be fun to see i want to see him catch the ball at the backfield i want to see him you know work on those stretch plays and it's going to be interesting watching him, but Clement is another guy that you know. I I think it's he's an interesting prospect. Yeah, I mean, I still think he's. I just it's not that I'm excited to see him because I still think he's just a guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's okay. I think he would he would come in here and he would contribute in in some form if he ends up making the team. Do you guys think it's weird? And it, it, it took me a while to get into this. I was talking with with John Ritchie about this too, uh, and it's is it weird that his dad this past couple of weeks, and not him, came on this radio station on two separate programs. As I spoke to him. Kind of, and yeah, James <laughs> James was the one that, that oh yeah, that's right, because he was on the Midday Show as well. He just called. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I had to make blue. sure it was him. I'm like, <laughs> uh, he's like, I went on with Ike and Chris. I'm like, okay, hold on one second. I like, just you checked, you know, what dead? Corey's birthday was. I was like, what's his birthday? Like, real quick, and he just like, he laughed, and he told me the right birthday. I was like, Okay, you're well, probably. I'm like, I'm like, it'd be weird if someone calls up as a fake Corey Clement's dad guy. <laughs> yeah, would be. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be the asshole who put the fake Corey Clement dad guy on. So yeah, it's a real catch twenty two there. But it was also, <laughs> it it's also him. weird because there was like, there was a. I remember uh, myself and Adam Harriman, who was uh, who was a great writer for BGN, uh, were in an Uber. Some dude, random guy, just claimed that he was Chris Godwin's father, and like was like, "Oh man, you gotta, yeah, I remember that. You gotta see yeah. my boy play, and here's all his highlight videos, and you know, it's just like, make sure you talk him up once the draft comes in." This was back in like October, and I was just like, "Okay, Interesting. okay, dude." <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. "I, uh, you could be." So I, I, I know exactly where where James is coming from on this, but there was, I can't, I apologize because I can't source it properly, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm putting out the wrong thing. But I had read or heard Corey Clement was not really much liked, I guess, by his Wisconsin teammates, or is that that was some of the things that were going on? So I, when I added all that up, James, and I was like, wow, I was like, so is his dad trying to do <laughs> do some certain things? I, I don't know. I just, after yeah, thinking about strange. it, I just thought it was weird that his dad was the one calling and not actually him there, James. 
Yeah, I don't know if he can talk about that. I mean, theoretically, I guess he could, but usually that stuff's handled by team PR and all that type yeah, of stuff. His sure. dad can do whatever the hell he wants. His Lonzo Ball's dad is uh, showing us as well. You yeah, can Jesus. do whatever the hell you want if you're a father. Put a, put um, a label on it and uh, right? get some Kobe's um, and... <laughs> I think, I think what, and from what I got from Steve and, and from what I got from reading about stuff, and look, I have, I have some friends who went to Wisconsin um, who are very, you know, big fans of the football team. Uh, it seems like it, like the, some of the stuff is he, he basically got into a fight and, you know, punched a kid or something like that, something along those lines. And, like, that was the biggest infraction that he had. The bigger issue with him has been injuries, mm. um, inability to stay on the field. I don't think he's a bad kid. And, and really, I Didn't think what his dad like was it. doing, yeah. whether right or wrong, I think what his dad was doing is his dad was calling in to say, listen, like, he did some stupid shit, but he's a good kid. Like, was his, his dad's essential kind of premise, which, you know, I think it's hard to blame a father for, for you know, calling in if people are like theoretically in his mind ripping his son i don't know i don't know what well, i would do hey i mean deuce staley called uh dalvin cook's grandma oh, so right, hey man. look you know and just... lied to her he <laughs> lied to miss betty he's like oh we'd love him at 14 but he won't be there you, yeah. lied, you lied you never know you never miss betty that that fight that that fight that you're referring to jane that was was that two years ago yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I actually, now that you mentioned it, I remember vaguely hearing something about that. I tell you what's interesting about him, though, because you know, we go back to the the combine stuff, and he had a slow forty. But in watching him, he has some breakaway runs. Yeah, Not to say he was never or rarely tracked down like Dalvin Cook, but because <laughs> um, Dalvin Cook once he hit the broken, he was he was gone. Oh, is that right? But, is that that wasn't Cornell chasing him forty yards down the field? Oh, I'm sorry, I, I thought he had breakaway speed. One time, <laughs> one time, <laughs> one time. <laughs> Cornell is in Carolina too, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, gonna, I think yeah. you'll be uh, intrigued as yes. the season goes on oh, yes. with that matchup. But yeah, you know the thing that I think he brings to the table, and I wrote about this a little bit, talking about a, a possible trade for a bigger back, whether it's Mark Ingram, Jeremy Hill. You know, that's one way Joe Mixon could benefit the that's Eagles. Right. You know, but I, I think if they decide not to do that, Clement is a guy that could get you those short yards, those tough yards on third and short. Those, hey, look, there's an Eagles team that could not score. <laughs> they first, first and goal from the four yard oh, line, yeah. and they struggled to score at times. So I think having a bigger guy with a six one, six feet, two twenty three, two thirty, somewhere in that ballpark that can run behind his pads the way he can and lower his pad level. I think that is a good thing for them. So we'll see, you know, what happens if he makes the the squad. I think that would be his role. And then remember, he has the ability to return punts and kicks too. I remember at the Senior Bowl, and I was shocked because I didn't remember him returning punts at uh, Wisconsin. But then once I went back and watched recently, I saw that he – he did, but I remember at the Senior Bowl, this guy was fielding punts. I'm like, yo, who's this Diesel yeah. Duke? And then I look, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what you call him, Diesel Duke? Diesel Duke. <laughs> oh, Diesel Duke. <laughs> yeah, nice. so, hey, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but he's definitely someone I know a lot of fans, or I think he's going to be this year's Paul Turner, Rasheed oh, Belly yeah. type of guy, you know, that all the fans get behind. So the underdog that they, you know, 
buy into. Yeah, which, by the way, rest in peace is, is well yeah. for him, man. I mean, yeah. it's, it's killing another crowd favorite. Yeah, no, I think he's. I think Corey Clement's going to be the, as James likes to say, the Henry Josie of, uh, oh, of this year. I remember yeah. Henry yeah. Josie. It's, wow. it's turning. It's, it's it's going from Nate Brown to I think I think it's switching over to Nate there now. Brown. The Nate Brown Award to <sighs> the Henry Josie Award. Maybe we'll have maybe we'll have both now. I think there's just too many too many <laughs> bodies in camp. And speaking of that, this is where I I. I I mean, I, I am intrigued by by Corey. I'm just but just to see what he is and how he handles the stuff moving forward. Uh, really, won't be excited about that until there's actual, uh, you know, shoulder pads and 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 things going on yeah, there. Yeah. I am very intrigued, and although although I will give Emery crap for a lot of different things when he comes on this podcast every now and again, <laughs> the one thing that actually he made me go back and look at was. Gerard Evans yes. and most of draft Twitter was then then chimed in and made made fun of it and said you might as well just hand over the keys right now because one sucks and blah 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 and it was very fun, but I will say uh, I am very shocked that this guy didn't get drafted. Uh, I will say that and I C.J. Beathard did that's it, nuts. Jesus in the third round. And, and can I just say I I think it was one of the CSN affiliates out there in San Francisco that rolled out an article that had said because he played in a pro style offense that's why he chose Iowa. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Nobody chooses Iowa to play quarterback. No. <laughs> it just doesn't happen there. <laughs> but I, I will say this. I have never seen a more beautiful deep ball thrown in a very, very long time. And Puts accurately. That thing up there, man. Right on the money. So if uh, if Wentz ever has a problem putting touch on the ball, which I don't really think he does, but if he ever does and they want to do, uh, okay, it's you're down at the five and I need, I need somebody who can throw a perfect fade route, uh, that is that is Mr. Evans's <laughs> game, and the only thing is, I, I get I also understand why he didn't go drafted. I I guess, uh, but it, I don't know. It's especially like you, you have the footwork, on. the quirky release, and it's those weird. are things that that they'll draw you know problems with. But what was it twenty twenty eight in a, uh, twenty eight touchdowns, and I think Five, nine in I think seven, like seven or something, something like that. that. Yeah, but a, a low Very number. Nick I'm just kidding. Uh, oh man, twenty-seven to <laughs> two. But you know, and then on top of that, a sixty-three percent completion percentage. You know, he had a high average per per throw. So all the statistics are there. He was trusted to you know three step pop 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 throw it and you know be able to give his guys a shot even in the red zone. You know, so that's something that to look at and it's interesting. I know head to head he beat. North Carolina, yes, you know some guy that bears. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Pick. But and then at the end of the day, you look brought, at the brought numbers. a lot of guys back too. Even though the in losses, you would notice that they would be down twenty one. Now some of that's the offense too, and and I'll I'll, I'll accept some of that. And also, I, I mean, they didn't ask him to pass a lot, so I think that kind of factors into mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And not but he still quite put it there, but he's still thirty eight hundred yards. Absolutely. So even know? in limited, so, I, th- I think he only had. I think it was something odd split. I remember seeing something like 282 pass attempts versus 175 rushing. But even in those attempts, he still put up yeah. those great numbers. So you're like, wow, that's percentage wise, that's freaking, that's really good numbers. There's something to work with there, I, and I think, and we kind of talked about this before we got on. You know, the whole oh, desire get, for them. Oh yeah, because here's here's what I want to pivot to James on. Uh, James, I, 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 the most preaked out I will I will be this off season. Is if Matt McGloin is still on this football team and Gerald Evans is not? Like it's ridiculous at this point because we always he needs to be on the roster forever. We have said no matter who's playing quarterback, uh, whether it's taking one for a camp arm, developing one, 
or drafting one. That should kind of be the rotation unless you can beat this guy out. Nick Foles isn't going to be here forever. We know what McGloin is already. I think that no matter what happens, even if Matt McGloin looks like fucking John Elway in the preseason, which he he absolutely won't, the Eagles need to, to, to stick with this. With with Evans, whether that ends up being on the practice squad or QB three and is inactive, they I, I I think that that's it's time to put all that stuff to rest and and develop a guy that can hopefully be a number two behind Wentz and and go win you football games. Yeah, I think there's a zero reason to have Matt McGloin on the roster, like less than zero. It's absurd. Like it's a waste of a roster spot. It's a waste of a practice squad spot. Like you said, whether it's Evans or I don't know. Pick up whatever undrafted quarterback you want. Like, I don't care. Like, (laughs) that person should be above Matt McGloin on the depth chart. Like, look, if it gets to Matt McGloin and he's your three, the season's fucked anyway. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, what, what, like, I'm with you. I'm guessing it's just a camp arm or something, but I don't know. Like, I'm with you, John. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me to get too freaked out, as it were, about, you know, the the practice squad quarterback um but (laughs) but i agree that if there were a situation this would be the type of situation to freak out about yeah and the thing is looking at him as an eventual backup quarterback the number two i think is a good thing for the eagles because you could do a lot of the things that you do with carson wentz with gerard evans as far as getting your quarterback on the move as far as you know, with, with boots and, yeah. and and going attacking the, the the vertical side of things, so I think that's a really good option. And the thing that's really interesting is Isaiah Ford is a receiver who best on re- that team as well. Yeah, Bucky Hodges was really good too. But Isaiah Ford reminds me a lot of uh, an Alshon Jeffrey type of receiver, you know. And and Evans was able to trust him, and I talked to him about that relationship that they had, and he said, "Man, point blank, I just threw it up there for him to go get it," and that's. Something Something that Carson Wentz is going to need to do with Alshon. But I say all that to say it's just another example of the things that you'll be able to do with Evans to to a degree that the team is doing with, with Carson Wentz. If, God forbid, in the future, Wentz gets injured and, you know, the Evans has to come in. That's right. Uh, we will, uh, you know, have more uh, rookie camp updates. And I'm sure if, you, uh, if you're listening to us right now, tell us who you're excited by, either at uh, BGN underscore radio again. Now verified. Thank you very much. As yes, we will uh, take a few questions. I apologize. We won't be get, uh, be able to get to all of them, but uh, the ones we miss, uh, maybe we can uh, uh, touch up on on the next episode here. This is coming from our good friend uh, Joe Kearns. Uh, James, how much playing time do you expect from Razul Douglas to get? And uh, do you think he's already going to be an upgrade over McKelvin, Carroll, and maybe even Mills here? Um. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. I think there's no other options that he doesn't get a lot of yeah. playing time. And I it's think he's going to work himself. Too. I think, I think we're going to get to the point where he deserves the playing time. Um, but I, I don't think he is going to be an upgrade over Nolan Carroll or even Jalen Mills, what Jalen Mills will be this year. Um, I just, it's very rare that you see rookies, you know, come in unless they're like Jalen Ramsey, 
come in and be able to like shut people down on the outside their rookie Peters. season. <laughs> so yeah, Marcus Peters, but he even then he he like had some big plays his rookie season, but he also had some big misses. Like Jalen Ramsey was a shutdown corner's rookie year. But that's neither here nor there. Like the point being that it's rare, especially for a third round talent. Like so I really like Russell Douglas. I think long term he's gonna be a good player. And I think he's gonna get I think it's important because he is gonna get the opportunities to grow this season and he's gonna get the shot to get out there and get those reps early kind of like what carolina did this past season uh you know letting josh norman walk granted a different situation we never had josh norman but going with a couple you know a second third round pick couple second round picks whatever it was and making those guys and just throwing them out there and saying all right fuck it figure it out and like they got better as the season went on and they'll probably be better in the future because of it so um i, I think he's getting a shot and stuff but like nolan carroll like we make fun of him a lot, but he's like, he's okay. Like he's NFL, he's an NFL serviceable cornerback. Um, and yes, anything that, that, uh, is not a corpse is a better than Leo's. <laughs> yes, it is. Sorry, BLG. Who's, sorry, BLG. Who's probably Especially who's in mourning with GJ. So I'm really doubly sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who's, uh, who's got, he's probably seven beers in now as he is, uh, I think that the Coheed and Cambria, uh, concert right now. And I'm very jealous of that. Teron, this is from he's a big star BLG. He, he is. He's hanging out with rock stars all the time. Uh, from Jason, Jason Allen Tucker at Jason Allen Tucker. Teron, what second-year Eagle, not named Carson Wentz, do you expect to take the biggest leap forward this season? Wendell Smallwood. I think it's going to be Wendell Smallwood. Wow. I think he's going to be the back that is going to be their lead running back. And, again, I keep pointing to that Pittsburgh game. We saw him get into a rhythm. When he gets into the rhythm and, and he could get a feel of the offense and, and the running game, I think he could be dynamic. He's I'm not saying a 1,000-yard running back, but I see improvement with him. We haven't even gotten to see his pass-catching ability. And then if they decide to put him back there returning kicks, he was only one of the top five returners, I believe it was, when it came to average per return. So Wendell Smallwood, that's the guy. I like that. I would uh, I would say – I was just going to go by default and say Salem Alu because he hasn't really, you know, had that, had that big impact. And I still don't know what they're going to do with – all of that depth on the uh, center and guard and everything else. A whole I, I, lot of beef. A whole lot of beef. I think now, now more or less, it's going to be post, you know, fourth preseason game that some of these guys are going to kind of move and, and more injuries will happen. And uh, I, you know, we didn't really even touch on the Ingram thing because it was there for five seconds. We all assumed like, hey, you know, they have three centers, and then. Uh, you know, Max Unger went from like going to be out for the season to be like, oh, he'd be ready for training camp. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen with that? Uh, we'll stick with you uh, again here, Teron, because this is right in your wheelhouse. Do you see Mills sliding over to the nickel or staying on the outside, assuming Jones isn't healthy? That's a really good question. I could see him bumping inside to the nickel, but I like him outside because when you're going against a guy like a Cole Beasley or, or even you put Odell in, 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 the, in the slot and he makes that move and wins at the line of scrimmage, Mills isn't that guy to just flat out turn and run. But when you're on the outside, you could turn and run with a guy and kind of guide him towards the sideline yeah. having that extra defender. So me personally, I prefer Mills on the outside. He can come inside and play, but I don't think he would be as successful. Got to stop forgetting about Ron Brooks. <laughs> Got to stop forgetting about him. To play I think the nickel he's, or the to outside? play the nickel. Yes, absolutely. And the other Brooks that could do that is Terrence Brooks. I saw him firsthand do that for the Ravens. Absolutely, yeah. And there's, uh, I, I, I would be in agreement there. I think you need somebody that's got like that quicker first step to kind of stick in there. It was from Justin Lamp Lampier or Lampier. 
either way, uh, we appreciate you listening and, and chiming in there, buddy. Um, good question. What uh, uh, James, this is from uh, our good friend Casey Young at Casey underscore Young 52. What is the plan if they end up keeping Kendricks? Is it a 4-2-5 the entire time? That's ridiculous. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I still uh, I, I, I get the vibe that Kendricks will be here. Uh, one, you know, they just don't have a ton of linebacking depth. So between him and Najee Good, uh, they they might end up splitting that twenty three percent of what's happening. Obviously, they're not going to go into a, a four two five at at any time. But maybe there could be some surprises. What do they do with Kendricks here, James? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they end up. Uh, I think they. Oh man, I want to say they're going to train him, but I just don't know if they're going to find a taker. You know, Adam Kaplan had the nugget that. They had a, a, a potential deal in place for the with the Niners that was that he thought would happen but didn't. Um, I don't know. Look, I think the point about the depth is absolutely true. It's it's really like potentially the least depth of any position on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe running back. You know, like when you look at it, I mean, they're they're really thin at linebacker and corner. Obviously, um, you know, we've talked about it as well, but. Man, I mean, outside of Hicks, it's Bradham and nothing. And if I, here's the thing, though. I think whether Kendrick is here, it's not like they had another guy last year. It's, you know, I think they're going to do a lot of nickel and a lot of different stuff like that where, um, you know, it, it, I, I, yeah, I don't think you're going to see – it's not going to be a 4-2-5 type of thing, but I think they're going to do a lot of packages. And I think Kendrick's, you know, if he is here, we'll, you know, see 20 to 30% of the snaps again, just like he did last season. So um, I don't think it's – I think it's certainly possible he's here, but I think if they can get anything of value for him, they will ship him out immediately. James, I'm going to stick with you because you are the fantasy guru, and I would think the— uh, And Teron hates fantasy, apparently. And it's not really a fantasy question, but I think you would say the best in in a real life and in fantasy life. Give us the pros and cons of Jeremy Hill if he was available for trade. That's coming from at Philly Eagles 60 there. Um, All right, well, for fantasy, I don't— I don't think that um, if he were available in a trade, if he com- become if he comes to the Eagles, point me with fantasy. I don't think I would go overboard. I think regardless of who's playing running back, I think this Eagles team is going to be more um, successful through the air. And I think that with the amount of running backs they have, they're going to kind of mix it up a little bit. Sproles will get touches, Pump will get touches, um, whether in the slot or or in the backfield. Um, but I think from a from a Eagles perspective, yeah, I mean, sure, I would take Jeremy Hill. I think. You know, I think he's lost kind of a little of the the bloom off his rose after his, you know, really strong first season. And then he's kind of struggled a little bit. He's found the end zone, but hasn't looked nearly as, uh, you know, if you've watched any Bengals games, uh, whether, um, I'm sorry for you, but if you watch any <laughs> Bengals games over the last couple of years, I have two. And, you know, it's always Gio Bernard or even Rex Burkett at points last yeah. season who looked like the more effective running back. Um, he didn't seem to have the same burst or the same wiggle. Um, but look, I think he's dealt with injuries too, you know, so I don't know. I like Jeremy. I think over what you have, I think if you can, depending on what you can get him for, look, if they want to go Kendricks for Hill, let's do it. Sign me up. I'll do that in a second. So (laughs) I think that's um, pretty much like all of Kendricks value at that point, right? It's just. Just a swap for uh, something, and that's, that's well, really and, and I think that's an interesting point. Like you said, John, the fact that they don't have depth at, at linebacker, I think it makes sense if you're going to deal from a position of uh, of you know a non depth, you might as well try and increase enough 
other position of non-depth. Yeah, and that's that's I guess that's the other thing I'll just throw in real quickly about the rookie camp. I am kind of intrigued about the the Nate Gary thing. I think a lot of that kind of relies on him. If you want to stick Najee Good or if he can be a starter on the Will side, I, I mean, like I, I personally think he's going to be the Phantom IR guy until they kind of can figure out <laughs> what's happening uh-huh. through that. So so we'll have to see. Uh, last question for you to Ron, uh, and this comes from uh, at BirdsFan21. Why do fans want to trade Jamin uh, when he has more production than Zach Ertz right now at this point in his career? I think they're wanting to do that out of an abundance of receivers. You know, yeah, the it, Eagles kind of pretty much said, "Hey, man," <laughs> and it's really, you may or may not. It's going to come down to. I don't think they're going to be able to pay all Sean and Jordan Matthews, unfortunately. And I would love to see Jordan come back because, like I said numerous times, man, I really like him off the field and on the field. Yeah, he drops the ball, but I think that's something that, you know, because this fan base is so uh, uh, enamored with the whole idea of catching every football, which is impossible. Yes. Any drop gets overly – it's – just crazy. So I think seeing him drop the football, despite some of the tough catches that he makes, and that makes him expendable to them. Zach Ertz right now, okay, you take Zach Ertz off of this team, what do you have at tight end? Yes, I like Trey Burton. He's not a starter. No. So I, and, and, Army, and, yeah. and Brent Selleck is, is 73, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's not going to work either. So you have to, from a position of value, Ertz is much more valuable because of his position. He is the clear-cut number one. And his contract is already pretty much contract there as well. Too. So, yeah. uh, Well, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. James, uh, some final thoughts as we're heading out here, pal. Oh, man. Uh, considering we do final thoughts every time we do this, I was completely taken aback and surprised to be asked <laughs> for my final thoughts there. Um, so I got nothing, man. Philly suck, which is a bummer. Yeah, that was, um, man, that was kind of painful today. Another, yeah, another, yet another again, back-to-back yet solo again. shots that are just um, used up. Let me think. Do I have anything? I got um, – Get ready for no, your fantasy no, football draft. No, it's just nice to talk to you guys, and then uh, ter- I can I can feel Tehran's uh, beauty seeping That's through right. the, the airwaves here to me. Which That's is right. Nice. We'll have to have a fan vote maybe for, for you know pretty mad at BGN Radio. So you just trying to make me feel bad about myself? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying let's let's put it to a vote because maybe we got it all wrong. Maybe maybe they'll all vote for BLG and we have this thing completely backwards. They're just you like tall, know. tall, handsome, weird bearded <laughs> men. Uh, Tehran, final thoughts from you, buddy. Final thoughts. You got rookie mini camp coming up. Do not, I repeat, do not place too much emphasis on a guy making a beautiful catch or a beautiful throw or an amazing pass breakup. This is all just basically nothing. Yes. So yes, exactly. make sure you guys remember that you're going to see excellent plays and, and clips and stuff like that, but don't don't buy into it more than what it is. Sam Bradford's Green Bay. That's all you got to remember. Ooh. Even then, even then, just and I bought into it too because I was definitely trying to prove a point, which didn't come Championship. around. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> so there's there's that happening there too. Uh, I would just say that uh, you guys have been uh, phenomenal throughout this entire thing, and uh, from now until the the draft, we really appreciate all the feedback we can get. Um, obviously, you know the reviews do go a long way but if you want to get it get it down more and and just kind of uh tell us some things you do and don't don't like about uh what we're trying to do here we're we're open to it and if you have the time to send us an email please do so info at bgnradio.com 
Uh, because we want to try and improve this uh, just as much as uh, you guys do out there. So we always appreciate you guys listening. That's going to do it for episode number 237. Oh, sorry. That's not right. Of BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Thank you.